welcome to the DEP podcast channel. We sincerely hope you will enjoy this episode. Don't forget to turn on your notification bell and to follow us right here on Spotify for more podcast episodes. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you might be joining us today. Welcome back to the Democracy Development Program podcast channel. To those of you that are listening to us over Spotify, hello, I hope you will enjoy this uh, session. To those of you watching us on YouTube, hi there, how are you doing? I hope you're great. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and to like the video once it has been done. Um, in conversation with us today is Gregor Jaike from the Konrad Adekir Stifting, um, and we are Oh, also known more so here in the DDP side of things as just CAS. Um, but we're here today uh, to discuss democracy, uh, specifically looking at it from an era of imagination and an era of doubt. Um, but before we get into the, the meat of everything, Gregor, how are you doing? Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I'm glad to be uh, here with you today. And I'm very much looking forward to the recording of this uh, podcast. I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, ladies and gentlemen listening, there have been uh, long decades in history which uh, seem to crawl. And this is particularly a quote that we've got from uh, Edward Monk from his book, Political Democracy. And he describes it as the fact that we somewhat live in an area where elections are won and lost. There's laws that are adopted and repealed. There's somewhat these new stars that are born and these legends that are being carried to the grave. But for all the ordinary business of time passing, the lodestars of culture, society and politics remain the same. Then there are those short years in which everything changes all at once. Political newcomers storm the stage, the voters clamor for policies that were unthinkable until yesterday. There's high social tensions that have long simmered under the surface of that is erupting of terrifying explosions. And there's a system of government that had seemed immutable for so long seems to be coming apart. And that seems to be the kind of moment in which we find ourselves, a moment where we either are reimagining democracy, doubting democracy, and for some, completely replacing it completely with authoritarianism. Um, and this is somewhat the focus of the discussion that Gregor and I are going to have throughout this podcast. But before we get into that, Gregor, could you maybe lay out for us what work CAS does in South Africa? Yes, thank you, sure. The Konrad Adenauer Foundation, CAS, uh, we are a German political foundation, a political foundation closely allied to the German CDU. The German CDU is the party of former Chancellor Angela Merkel. And we promote democracy, human rights, rule of law through more than 100 offices worldwide. And one out of the 100 offices is uh, the CAS office uh, South Africa. And here in South Africa, we focus uh, specifically on different uh, topics like strength strengthening the parliamentary and multi-party system, supporting civil society and good governance. And about good governance, we probably will uh, talk now um, a lot, promoting political participation, 
fostering the principle of the social market economy and economic reforms, and last but not least, promoting international policy. And let me also say at this point that we could only reach, as Konrad Adenauer Foundation, our objectives, our goals, with strong local South African partners like our institutional partner organization, DDP. Mm, thank you so much for that. Yeah, for some of you who might not know why we've got the CAS logo on pretty much most of our event posters, I think Gregor has just told you exactly why uh, CAS is one of our biggest partners um, and our objectives through DDP and CAS's objectives on what CAS wants to achieve in South Africa are in straight alignment. Um, let's go into this democracy conversation. Uh, what does democracy mean to you? If you would look up the term uh, democracy in the encyclopedia, you will find the following definition. definition. Democracy is a term for forms of governance based on the participation or involvement of all in the formation of the political will. But that's a very theoretical explanation and sounds complicated, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that people define democracy from their own personal culture and their own personal historical context. For example, in uh, South Africa, I have learned that democracy is strongly connected to the end of the evil system of apartheid. And for me, as a German, a liberal democracy has to fulfill certain criteria. Or criteria, you can also say formal mm -hmm. requirements. And these requirements are, for example, regular free and fair elections, stable and resilient uh, state institutions, the rule of law, a strong constitution, separation of powers, the assurance of basic human rights and liberties, but also an active, robust civil society and a generally trustworthy media. Mm. But I know that democracy is quite often experienced by the people in a different way in a different way. Uh, and then you have uh, indicators uh, who prove my uh, statement, like a low voter turnout or even mm. a voter apathy, a lack of trust in politicians and institutions. You can say kind of an alienation of the political uh, system or even political and social unrest. Mm. I think you touched on something that's very crucial at this particular point in time. I was in conversation with one of my colleagues the other day, and what came up was people don't necessarily have a problem with democracy and its values. Rather, people are dissatisfied with its processes and the outcomes of those processes. Um, and the coming in of that comes in with the fact that there's a a gap between what has been promised to the people and what the people actually have as a lived experience every single day. Um, and I think it's really great that you've highlighted that democracy is in fact a lived experience. It's an everyday thing. It's not just something that ends at the elections. Um, and so it's always pertinent for us to question the quality of democracy that we have. Um, you've touched on your answer a little bit on what democracy means to you on the growing distrust that people have in the government and the system overall um, being at an all-time high. 
Um, do you believe that democracy is failing? Uh, why or why not? And if so, how do we solve this problem? Yeah, not at all. Democracy as a principle is not failing. In contrary, I would say it's uh, the best uh, form of governance that exists. Uh, mm. And what would be the... Um, but what is failing in quite a lot of countries worldwide is the presence of leadership personalities. I'm talking of a political elite for whom the common good is more important than their personal benefits of being in politics. Mm. But, you know, if I, I call it power games, if power games and uh, the access to patronage opportunities prevail over the interests of the people, then democracy is in danger. Mm. Or in other words, not the system is failing, but unfortunately quite often the people who are running the system. And saying that, I'm thinking of corruption, nepotism, incompetence, the lack of good governance, and all these are the, are the highest risk uh, for a well-working uh, democracy. And uh, especially when it comes to corruption, I, I always used to say that corruption is an international sickness that eats our future and therefore also eats uh, our children. Uh, but again, uh, the reason for that is definitely not a failure mm. of democracy. Mm. Because if anything else, if we truly want to live in a society in which human rights are protected, diversity is protected, and true plurality is respected, there is no other political system other than democracy that allows the full flourishing of all those things. Um, but you know, Gregor, sometimes it feels as though those who are in power live in a very different world than those who are not in power um, and those that they are supposed to serve, which is why they don't necessarily take action to help the ones that need it the most. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Um, uh, maybe let me begin with an important uh, preliminary remark. Uh, you can be, you know, you can be self-confident, but at the same time, modest, not arrogant and down to earth. And by mm -hmm. the way, these characteristics are always good in life, not only when you are in politics, but they're absolutely necessary when you are a politician. Um, at the end, what counts is if you are in power in a democracy, you are committed to the common good and you are connected to the people on the ground. It's that simple. Mm. Let me give you at this point an example. One cannot expect a politician in South Africa to live in poverty. But while living in a luxury home with electricity 24-7, you should be aware of load shedding and try all the best to fix the problem. Because it's a problem under which uh, millions of South African households and also uh, the uh, South African economy uh, is suffering on a, a daily basis. So uh, ignorance and incompetence will not help you to find solutions. But again, the commitment, a clear commitment to the common good in combination with the will to take action and strong political leadership. Mm -hmm. 
well, I think you just touched on a little bit the next question I have for you. Um, particularly on our continent, Africa, we have poverty, we have inequality, and uh, we have conflict. A recent study that came out of Freedom House is that 20 out of the 49 sub-Saharan countries in Africa are have got active armed conflict status. Um, and oftentimes the relationship where there is this uh, imbalance of peace, essentially, in the country, there's a decline and a regression of democracy happening simultaneously. Um, how would you say democracy protects the human rights that are violated through the existence of poverty, inequality, and conflict? Mm. Yeah, first of all, I would say that human rights are generally among the cornerstones of democracy. I do see human rights and democracy as uh, kind of interconnected and also uh, mutually reinforcing pair. Mm. Why is that? Human rights assure individuals that their interests are protected protected even if they are not part of the majority. Just as human rights are most likely to flourish, flourish in a democracy, you can say that sustainable democratic rule is unconceivable without respect, protection, and the realization of human rights. And when then when it comes to authoritarian systems, mm. on the other hand, they try to play democracy as the rule of the majority and human rights of against against each other. And this is a thing we should uh, not allow uh, to happen because this fails to recognize that the protection of human rights is not an obstacle, but for me, a functional condition of sustainable democracy. A, democrat a democratic system allows the necessary a space for an active, robust civil society and an independent uh, free media, as I said before. And both are conditions for the protection of human rights. So you see, see the close interconnections between a democracy and human rights issues. Mm. So now just to link our conversation back to the title of this podcast, um, specifically the part of an era of reimagination. I think it goes without saying that there's current conversations just within the African continent as a whole with regards to democracy, that it is an imported system for many African uh, countries. Um, an imported system that was grounded in the Brayton Woods institution paradigms of good governance, which were imposed through structural adjustment programs. And many of them have been under uh, critiques and neo-patrimonialism. But other than that, um, how can we understand the inability of democratic politics in Africa to improve the quality of people's lives? I would say that nowadays it's widely recognized that progress is not just a question of economic success. There are many criteria hindering development, and uh, we talked about them, like weak governance, arbitrary legal and judicial systems, uh, poorly functioning administrations, and corruption. 
and to improve the quality of people's life, lives. Mm. And that was your question. You need efficient and legitimate state institutions which can steer and permanently anchor political, economic and social reform processes. And in this context, I always use to quote the former UN Secretary Kofi Annan. He said that good governance and sustainable development cannot be separated. This is the lesson we have learned from all our efforts and experiences from Asia to Africa to Latin America. End of quote. And also an important aspect uh, in this context is that the establishment of well-working democracies mm. take time, take time and commitment. Mm. And let me take my home country, Germany, as an example. The political foundation I'm working for, the Konrad Adenauer Stiftung, is named after the first chancellor of Germany, Konrad Adenauer. And in Konrad Adenauer's time, the German constitution was written. And without a clear, a persistent and ongoing commitment for its implementation, the social recovery of Germany after the horrors of World War II mm. would not have been possible. This continued commitment has also resulted in the ongoing stability of German democracy. So that was an example from uh, my home country, uh, Germany. But lastly, a democracy, as we see it, is in a way undermined by a lack of political participation. And to mm -hmm. answer this question, we also have to discuss um, uh, the lack of political participation. So um, I would also like uh, to end with a plea to vote, because elections uh, play a key role in the political decision-making process. You can say in a way that they are an instrument of democratic control and a central source of legitimacy for our parliamentary democracy. And at the end, every vote strengthens the political system. So, in other words, going to the ballots is a val valuable contribution to democracy. So everyone should go to the ballots. Absolutely, I agree. Everybody, let's go and vote March 2024 is just around the corner, the way this year is moving by so quickly. Uh, Gregor, thank you so much for this conversation. And I think to our listeners, perhaps you can walk away with this. Um, there's an incredible quote that I can't do verbatim right now by Kwame Nkrumah, who essentially said that what we should never be in the position of, particularly in our continent, is having to decide between freedom and having your bread. If anything, someone must be able to be free enough to be able to express the fact that they can't have the bread. The two cannot be treated as mutually exclusive. And there's only one political system that allows that to happen, and that is democracy. Once again, Gregor, thank you so much for this conversation. I truly do appreciate it. Thanks a lot. The pleasure was on my side. Thank you. Uh, to everybody who was listening, to everybody that was watching, we hope that you also enjoyed this episode of DDP Podcasts. Um, once again, be sure to hit that subscribe button if you're on YouTube. Be sure to follow us on Spotify for more updates. 
in terms of upcoming events for you, we've got a jam-packed couple of weeks up for you. We've got the public forum that is coming up on the 25th of May, looking towards Africa Day specifically and the state of human rights on the African continent. That is going to be followed soon after by the youth in Daba celebrating young people's progress when it comes to democracy. And very soon after that, we've got our political summit also engaging um, on the terms of good governance and where South Africa is standing with its democracy en route to the 2024 elections. Until next time, I'll see you then. Well, we really hope you enjoyed this episode. Check out our social media pages at DDP underscore democracy to engage with more of our content. Or you can head on over to our website at ddp.org.za to keep up with any events that we might have planned for you. Thank you once again for joining us.